anyone got a pencil? Hello, my name's Mark and I'm the host of the Mixtape Podcast where every week on the show I will ask my guests to make up an imaginary mixtape. They'll give it a title and pick six tracks. Track one, what's going to be your intro track, your attention grab, your track one side one that's going to draw me in and make me want to listen to the rest of your tape. Track two, pick a song that you sing loud and proud when you're on your own in the car or the shower. Track three, pick your favourite cover version. Track four, pick a song you wish you could have played to your 18-year-old self. Track five, pick a song that you would put on your mixtape to let the listener know that you are romantically interested. And track six, I'm going to ask them to pick something a little bit obscure, maybe a B-side or an album track. Don't forget to smash that follow or plus sign at the top of the page and you'll be notified every time there's a new episode. And you can follow me on Instagram at the mixtape perf. Hope you enjoy this week's chat. Hello and welcome to today's mixtape. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Scott from the Crystal Method. How are you, Scott? I'm doing fantastic. Love that T-shirt of yours. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> they, I caught them in. I got this from a show in Perth. Uh, about or oh, would it be two weeks ago now um, oh wow yeah, fantastic show yeah really good one they, they played an amazing venue in perth in in the perth hills which is like a sort of red hill amphitheater and it's just like it's it's an actual amphitheater but it's like concrete steps amazing venue first time i've ever been there as you look down at the stage you can look out on on perth sort of city and yeah all the surrounds here it's a, it's a great venue so That's speaking exactly. of venues you're coming to you're coming to perth and australia yourself i'll just go through the tour dates really quickly so it's march 2024 the metro in sydney the first of march second of month march the triffid in brisbane and the sixth of march the lion arts in adelaide and seventh max watts in melbourne and the ninth the rosemount hotel in perth metropolis touring.com for tickets for those be looking forward to to getting back down under scott it's, it hasn't been that long since you've been here has it it was last year maybe it was yeah it was actually last year at this time and but but it it had been uh, quite a few years obviously with the covid lockdown mm. restrictions i was pushed back uh, i think i was initially was supposed to be there in june or july of 2020 and of course everything got shut down and that just kept getting pushed back so uh, yeah i was i was thrilled to be able to come down there and and hang out it was i had a, a just I always have a great time in Australia. It's just really one of my favorite places to play. You know, the people are so appreciative of the fact that, you know, artists go down there, they show up, they show out, they, you know, they bring the energy, the excitement. So my set at in Perth at the end of the tour was no exception. So yeah, I would, when I got the word that I was being invited back down, I was super stoked and, you know, I guess, you know, really obviously grateful for the opportunity and, Looking forward to it. And over the years, you've you've been on the big day out tours as well. You must have some some great memories of of being around Australia. I've spoken to other artists. I think Rick from from Ash, I spoke to as well, and and he had some fantastic memories. How was that for you? I mean, it's a bit of a shame we don't have it anymore. 
Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm surprised it hasn't, you know, now that everything's, you know, opened back up and there's all this excitement for touring, you would have thought that they would be able to put the team back together and, and take that back out on the road. Well, I mean, I, many memories, wonderful memories, seeing some, some amazing bands. I remember the one year we were out there, the White Stripes had just kicked off and they were doing their first big tour and, and playing, I think on a side stage or, and seeing them up close, you know, and, you know, Megan Jack just throwing down and their, you know, multiple, you know, striped white, everything. I remember we did a radio show and they were, we, you know, we were in the room with them and there was just this, you know, amazing attention to detail and they just sounded so raw and so, you know, incredible. And uh, um, I remember uh, being front row at a, at a garbage show where, you know, Shirley's like, you know, she's got that uh, milky white skin and the sun was beating down on her. And mm. she took my, my wife's, you know, sun hat and, and, you know, wore it to, for the show and came up to us afterwards and gave us a big hug and thanked us for, for helping to her hide her from the sun for those 40 minutes. Seeing New Order, you know, the year that we were down there and Tool was the headliner and we, we the amazing mm. after parties that they would have in all the venues. I remember one where I was hanging out with because with Tool and became really good friends with with Justin from Tool. And there was a after party, I think it was Melbourne, and Serena Williams had just won the 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 Australian Open. Mm-hmm. And the members that all the members of Tool went to watch her um win. And they had a couple tennis balls they had brought from the match. And we were in the after party, just bouncing the tennis balls around the venue and uh, having a great deal of fun with like Peaches. Uh, the Killers were on that tour. The Muse was on that tour. It was, you know, the the village vibe of, of touring a, on the big day out was unlike anything else that we'd ever been a part of. You know, everybody kind of travels together. They kind of stay in the same hotels. They have these after parties. You get a chance to like mingle and, you know, make friends and I remember doing a flaming Dr. Peppers with Prodigy after the Perth show. I think my partner at the time, Ken Jordan, got really he got really excited about showing all the members how to drink these flaming Dr. Peppers, and they came back to the hotel and almost got into a fight with Peter Hook's security guard. It was it was a, it's just like all these all these just amazing memories rush back when you when you bring that up. And of course, the crowds, you know, uh, the first time we ever went down there was prior to to us playing a big day out, and I just remember being you know in a we were at some warehouse in in Sydney, and you know, was I just was blown away that our music had reached, you know, the ears and hearts of so many down there, and and there was all this excitement, and and every single time we've come back, we've we felt the same bit of love and and enthusiasm for for our music and for our, our presence. So that's always been something that's been, you know, some and you know, dear to me and to, to Ken over the years, and to get a chance to come back down there in 2024 is really exciting can't wait to see you mate just you mentioned ken there briefly and i know he's he's no longer with the crystal method but do you still like keep in touch and he's uh he's now living in costa rica him and his wife moved down there and he's fully retired from from making music he still dj's out and about actually i was just down there the end of july and early august for his 60th birthday he had a surprise birthday party so a bunch of mm-hmm. a bunch of uh friends and uh from around the world got a chance to fly down there and surprise him and it was truly phenomenal opportunity to not only to reconnect with ken who i you know i seen on and off over the years and talk to every once in a while but to see how he's 
been, you know, welcomed into this community of, you know, like-minded, incredible people down there and how, how much he means to, to them and, and to, to be able to experience that, to be able to see, you know, your, your best friend and, and, you know, you know, partner for so many years going into that second act and do it to, with such grace and, and such, you know, love and appreciation from, from all those that know him and, and get a chance to know and, you know, be his friend now. It's, it was something really spectacular for me. And so I was just, so I, I do see him every once in a while and he, we send music to each other. Oh, I like this track. What do you, you know, did you mm-hmm. check this track out? So it's not as often as obviously we used to, but it's still great to see him every once in a while. And when you when you are on tour, Scott, I noticed you got a few days sort of break in between your your shows when you when you're down in Australia. What what do you like to get up to? Do you like to make the most of the time in Australia and and get out and about and do some sightseeing? Absolutely. And actually, I was gonna. I'm trying to come up with a plan to to spend a couple of days in Perth at the end with with my girlfriend so yeah so yeah i'm i'm gonna be looking to to for the locals to help me out with uh, you know something that's you know that's i think the weather is still going to be decent right around mid-march is that kind of like your early fall is that uh end of summer early. early fall march is yeah very early fall or autumn as we call it yeah but yeah it's it's not to february is is the hot month that's the okay. really the hottest month you get it's regularly up around sort of high thirties, um, sometimes forty. So that you work in Fahrenheit, don't you? So that would be like a hundred. Yeah. So so that that it gets quite hot in February, but March is March is a really good time. It's just sort of cooling off. March and April, I always feel are like the best times. Whenever I'm talking to people about coming to visit. Well, yeah. I, I will take any. I will take any uh, local tips on on where to if you want to um, sh- if you could share those with me of uh, just a couple of days. You know, somewhere we're near the water. You know, ex- experience the, the the beautiful sunsets and 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 just something that's you know that's that yeah. that if you were a local would like to go to. You know, I don't. You know, yeah. something that's that's quintessential Perth in in March. Like something you know, whether it's a little bit exotic, a little bit of a, a journey. I definitely have. We'll have the time to 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 spend a few days down there, and then I think we're gonna go. We're gonna make our way back, you know, and then make our way back home eventually. But but we'd love to spend, you know, a quality few days in Perth and and mm. do some just relaxing and soak in the soak in the environment. I think one of the things that that Perth has a big advantage that that Perth has over the over the east coast is we have the sunsets over the ocean, which obviously yeah. they don't have on on the east coast. And yeah, Scarborough Beach is is an amazing place to to see the ocean, to see the sunset rather. There's loads of really nice restaurants and bars and and stuff along that sort of ocean front. But if you if you're wanting to get out and and see some places, Rot Rotnest Island is about a 45 minute ferry from Perth city centre, and it's an amazing place. It's it like Rotnest R O T T E S T Rotnest Island. You get a ferry. You get a ferry to it from from Perth, pretty much from the city centre, and it takes about forty five minutes to get there. And they have some some pretty unique wildlife there. They have quokkas there. Uh, it's it's like going back in time. There's no cars on the island. There's a there's a few buses that get around, but everybody gets around on on a bicycle to to sort of see the island. And and there's there's obviously hotels and uh, a couple of pubs. And place like that, but it's just such a beautiful place to to go oh, and visit. To, from the hustle and bustle of the city to to getting out there and and just getting off. The, every time you get off the ferry, you just go, 
It's just such a calming sort of vibe. The place is just, yeah, it's amazing. And having a, a quokka selfie, which is like these little furry animals that, that are sort of quite tame and getting around the place, that's sort of like the the archetypal sort of WA Perth sort of tourist thing to do is to get a selfie with a quokka. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much that's I've only I've been living here 13 years and I've and I've and I've only just got mine like last year I did my quokka selfie. So yeah, it took me nice. a while to get there. But but yeah, it's a beautiful place. Rottnest Island, I would I would heartily, heartily recommend that as well. And like I say, there's there's record shops all over the place in, in Perth. There's loads of them. I wanted to talk to you as well about I'm <laughs> I watched probably what would it be twelve or so series or seasons, twenty odd episodes a season of of the show Bones, and it wasn't until <laughs> yeah. it wasn't until like years after I found out. I think it was through a pub quiz. I think I was doing, and I found out that the theme tune to to Bones was was the Crystal Method. And the, the second I knew, I was like. Of course, it doesn't sound like anyone else. Like, how did I not know <laughs> like, that, that, that was that, that was you? Like, how how did that come about? I know you do a lot of soundtrack work and and stuff like that. How did that come about? And and do, do you enjoy that sort of process of of doing soundtracks and and, and games and stuff like that? Yeah, it, um, well, that one um, we 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 were in between projects. Uh, we got a phone call that from the show creator. And uh, they were looking for something that, you know, could, you know, an intro to the show. It was going to be quirky. It, it, it had a, you know, it sounded like to me of a, you know, it was like the, the scientist and the, and the, you know, the, the sort of the more straight laced, you know, kind of edgy law enforcement person. It sort of had a, a little bit of a X-Files kind of vibe to it from, from, you know, there's some, you know, some of that quirkiness to it and, you know, mystery and, you know, solving, you know, kind of strange mysteries. And and so, yeah, so that we just took that as the lead and it had that little, just we started with that. And then they gave us a couple of references to some things off of Tweekend, like Wild, Sweet and Cool was, I think, a reference. And so, yeah, we just, it just, it just came together pretty quickly and we, they were just one or two revisions and they were like, we love it. And mm -hmm. it launched the show and it, it's, it's been, and it, the show was on for seven, 15 years. I mean, I, we went mm -hmm. to like the 1000th, you know, episode or something, something, I don't know if it was 1000, maybe that's, maybe that's too many, but it was like 200 or 300 or something, something that was like maybe a hundred, I, I, definitely more than a hundred, but I remember there was a party and we got to, to meet the cast and we got to tour the the facilities at, at on the Fox lot oh, and yes, uh, see, yeah. see the big, you know, the, the big room and where they're all, you know, you know, dissecting, uh, you know, bodies and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was just, it, it's just one of those projects that, you know, we, we went into it with, you know, no expectations. They, you know, they were really kind and, you know, you know, gave us a really great, tips on what they were looking for and we were able to deliver and and it you know it's been like one of those tracks that you know again it, the success of the show and and it's always like an easy thing to like you know if you're sitting on the next next to an airplane next to someone that you you know and you have a start a conversation and they're like well what do you do for a living and i'm like oh i'm in a band i'm you know we make music and you know, they go, have you ever, see, ever seen the TV series Bones? And like, you know, mm -hmm. nine out of 10 people are like, yeah, I love that show. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. we wrote the theme song for that. And it's immediately like, oh, that's oh, that's oh, I know that song. I remember one yeah. time I was I was going to get uh, a hire a, like a photographer for my for like a birthday party, knocked on the door. 
the 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 person was playing I get bones in the their their daughter or their wife or somebody was playing was bones was on and it and there was like oh you like bones and like yeah we were talking back and forth and I said oh I you know my partner and I wrote that theme song for that and and we had done a revision the the the, the producers were redoing the intro and so they wanted mm-hmm. a longer version something a little bit different still the same but and all I could immediately heard I like the original version better. <laughs> like, like people get so it's like it becomes part of the the show's DNA. Like people mm-hmm. know the theme so well, and it becomes you know they love the show, they love the theme, and it's been and and so it's been one of those things that has really uh, opened up. You know, I don't know how much it's it's opened up our fan base, but it's definitely opened up the recognition for the band, and 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 we and it's been something that we're really grateful to have the opportunity to do. Yeah. Let, let's drop into to the mixtape choices now as you know my radio show is called the mixtape so what i like to do is it's kind of like you know that thing where you make up a mixtape and you know you pass it on to your friends there's a way of sort of spreading the music and, and sort of the show is kind of my way of doing that but like on a on a slightly larger scale so i always ask my guests to to try and sort of put themselves in that position of making up an imaginary mixtape and when i make up a mixtape i always like to kick it off with a you know a sort of killer tracker and attention grabber so if you were making up a mixtape scott what what would be your your track one sort of attention grabber that you would you would put on there well it, it's this uh remix i just did with my good mate hyper so i was re- re- fat mike from no effects reached out to us reached out to me or the end of last year or earlier this year can't remember now but he and his his guitarist we're coming up with this new project that called Melvinator, where they reimagined no effects songs in a in a sort of an EDM-esque format. So so they re-recorded the vocals and guitars and drums. And so he asked if if I if I would do a remix of of one of these new reimagined tracks called Goddess. And the results are pretty heavy. And they definitely this is something that will, you know, get you going and get your heartbeat up a little bit. Awesome, awesome. So what I do, Scott, normally is on the radio show, as we're talking, I drop the tracks in in between the chat. So it gives it like a lot more context of, of what we're listening to. But when I put the podcast out, obviously the songs are licensed content, so I can't include them in the podcast. But what I do is I'll put a Spotify playlist together of the tracks that you pick, and then I'll put some some Crystal Method tracks on there as well. And then I link that that in the description of the podcast so people can if they want drop out of the of the podcast chat and into the description and listen to the tracks that that you're picking track two scott of the mixtape is something a song that you sing loud and proud when when you're on your own in the car or the shower mate (laughs) well i in a in a a shameless self-promotion way i i definitely am very happy with this remix that i did with my my mate future funk squad glenn from future funk squad from this track from a band called the blue stones and yeah it's just one of these you know really big you know fun full-throated kind of rock songs and and yeah i just had a great deal of fun with the remix and yeah it's called stay with me and again, it's another heart thumping, big, big drums, lots of great energy, and one that you definitely could sing along to. Yeah, sure. And I, I sort of I wanted to ask you as well, Scott. Like you, you sort of you collaborate with with a lot of of different artists. Like I, I, I was writing some down earlier. Like some of the people you work with, like Tom Morello from from Rage Against the Machine, Wes Borland, Peter Hook. You mentioned the order earlier on. Tool. 
Jean-Michel Jarre. Like, how do you find it, like, creatively, like, working with, with so many different people all the time? Like, do, do you feel like it keeps you sort of on your toes and keeps you, like, fresh? Or how do, how do you find working with, with all those different people? Well, you know, it's the, I found that over the years, the, the best collaborations are people you get along with and you have a common, some sort of common conversation with, whether it's about music or you get along with really well in the room. You know, there are a lot of artists that that Ken and I have admired and 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 looked up to over the years. You just never know what it's going to be like when you get in the room with them. And one of the the very first collaborations was Tom Morello, and and that you know because we had done everything pretty much on our own. Vegas was Vegas had a collaboration with unknown artists at the time named Trixie, but you know that was kind of like we were both you know hungry and coming up with these tracks to. Mm. So that album came out, had some great success, and we started getting, you know, word that certain artists were into it. And one of the people that that we reached out to was Tom Morello. And and you just never knew what you just never know how that dynamic's gonna be when you get in the room with him. But he could not have been kinder. I mean, he, everybody knows this. He's, you know, a professional, he's an incredible human being. He's and even though that we didn't know this at the time, Rage was going through all this dr- little bit of drama. Yeah you know we would find out you know only a few months later that they ended up breaking up and or you know in early 2000 or mid to late 2001 or early 2002 so so i mean we, we didn't we didn't get he just showed up he drove all the way out to our studio in la crescenta which was you know probably at least a 20 30 minute drive for him never never walked in with anything that he brought in from the from out to the outside world was always present was always into it you know, we we worked on four songs together, three or four songs together, and just just a gem of a human being and just incredible musician, obviously. So that really kicked things off. And so everything kind of that was the, kind of the standard going forward. So, yeah. you know, we yeah, Wes Borland, he was incredible as well. Amazing guitar player, really great ideas. We had collaborated with Scott Weiland, which was interesting because we never got into the room with Scott Weiland. We just we were we were sending him you know, you know, we sent him some uh, track and he was like, oh, this is cool. Send me the stems, send him the stems. You know, we thought we were going to get the phone call to like go and hang out with him. And, but we didn't, you know, realize until later after I started, you know, hearing about his process with Stone Temple Pilots is that even his band members and Stone Temple Pilots weren't in the room when he did vocals. He was very, you know, much do it on my own. Uh, And then I don't know if it was a shy thing or if it was, you know, just the way that he, that's the way he preferred to work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Razelle and, and uh, another, he came to our studio. So yeah, we've, we've been very fortunate to work with some really talented and incredible artists and human beings over the years. And, and, and like one of the songs that I, that I've, got coming up here in a little bit a track called watch me now which was a collaboration with coda and val two la artists that i that i met randomly in a writer's session a couple of years ago prior to right right before covid we were in this writing session together and out in, in palm in palm springs and just just like kind of a way to just get out of my bubble and and you know and and interact with some you know talented artists and and so I met these two guys and we created this track Watch Me Now which I you know which I again I, I know I'm skipping ahead but that definitely would be one that I would that I would look to as one of my favorite collaborations over the last uh, few years. So track three of your mixtape Scott is your favorite cover version, mate. And what did you pick for that one? Well, 
I picked this track that I've been really into for the last nine months from an artist called Abstract. And although he named the, the track different went differently than the than the cover, which I find is really kind of odd that people do this and that people have been doing this more and more often. They just suddenly they use the lyrics of the vocal from a track and then they rename it to, for their own. So the track is called Hostile or Hostile and and it's uh, a cover of New Order's uh, Confusion. Really oh, cool okay. track. Put your hook and the light are coming to Perth next year because obviously Peter Hook just doesn't tour with, with New Order anymore, which is a real, real Gut, shame. Gut rich. Um, yeah, it's horrible. I mean, I just, yeah. uh, New Order was, I just, New Order was played a, a festival out here last month. And and I love New Order, one of my favorite bands of all time, but just not the same without Hooky out there. It's horrible in both ways because I don't, I love New Order and obviously Joy Division, my, one of my favorite bands. I don't want to see New Order without Peter Hook. And, but I also don't want to see Peter Hook playing New Order songs without Bernard and Gillian and, and Stephen. Like, it just, neither of them do it for yeah. me. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, they're both yeah. still doing it, but neither of them do it for me. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I, I did see The Light. They played a show out here a few years back, and they were, he was doing the substance album which is one of my favorite album you know that that is like you know beginning to end just chock full of just mm. with some of my favorite new order tracks so so it was cool and like you you know i was you know well of only it could be you know because i had seen I've, i was very fortunate to see new order a few times over the years i saw him on the technique tour which was you know which was incredible saw him of course quite a few times on that big day out tour where they're mm -hmm. doing their own shows in between and seen him a few other times but yeah i, I, I like you i'd want to see the four of them together and and it really missed mm -hmm. that dynamic of, of of and it was it was they were you know they were all different i mean you know you, you know bernard was like shy and meek and kind of like you know in his element you know exactly like you think he's going to be when you see them live when you hear him you know jillian's like you know statuesque playing all these great chords and and you know you got steven back there you know hammering away and then you just got hookies just like slinging it you know he's like yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. bass is like fucking low down on his hip and he's just like you know he's got these quintessential fucking cool dude like so i mean so it was fortunate when we were able to to work with him. He came to our studio and we were able to like witness his process. He's like, just I don't want to hear the track. He didn't want to hear the track that we had set up for him before. You know, he wants to hear it for the first time when he's got his bass around his neck and and he he wants to react. And so he just did all these. I mean, we probably had three songs worth of material just from him. You know, just reacting and finding, letting his mind, you know, wander and and find melodies, and it was really incredible to watch. Track four, Scott, is pick a song for your mixtape that you wish you could have played to your eighteen-year-old self. What did you pick for that one, mate? Well, this is the collaboration I I, I spoke about earlier. It's uh, something off of my new latest album, The Trip Out. And it's called Watch Me Now. And it's just this, you know, I, one thing I love about it is just how organically it came together in the studio. Really, really quickly, we got the bones together of this track. And it was, you know, I brought my my trusty Roland Jupiter 6 over to to my friend Val's place and, and just started playing this little progression, you know. And 
then you know coda jumped on he was playing bass uh, we you know we started recording and you know within a few hours we had the you know the skeleton track that would become uh, watch me now and it's just you know it's just energetic it's you know it's alive it's got this you know vibe that's rock and electronic elements in it mm -hmm. and it's just something that i you know you know i mean i there's definitely a thousand tracks i i could have played to from other artists to inspire me and uh as they, that 18 year old self but i just this one sort of was the first thing that came to mind as far as something i wouldn't even have to tell my 18 year old self you're gonna be part of this song in the future i would just say this track you know is kind of what you what you're into you're you're into rock you're into you know electronic elements distortion big drums and this is this is one of those tracks that i think again also this could be a great sing-along track as well so it's 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 definitely one of my favorite collaborations i've been a part of over the last you know five to ten years what sort of stuff were you actually listening to when when you were 18 scott well i was listening to you know bands like new order depeche mode i mean i i still had my you know love of like Metallica and you know Judas Priest and ACDC and 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 then I was getting into hip hop you know Beastie Boys and Public Enemy Public Enemy and and just as you know the Cult Jane's Addiction there was just all this stuff the the Cure you know there's just all this stuff that was happening and I was DJing in this this little club on Tuesday no it's on Thursday nights and and I had taken over for Ken when he moved to California, mm -hmm. I think I was yeah. probably 19, but I was still, you know, I had all these albums and I was just, you know, ministry and, you know, and, you know, Cabaret Voltaire and, and just this eclectic bunch of, of tracks that, you know, maybe, you know, came from different parts of the world and from, from different genres. But to me, they just sounded great together when, and, you know, and, and the crowd was super energetic and, so I think that, that that Watch Me Now would fit well in one of those sets. Was there like kind of, you mentioned, we talked a little bit about New Order and, and Depeche Mode as well. They're Depeche Mode are from the, the, the town that I grew up in, in, in London, just outside London. They're, they're both sort of bands who kind of bridge that kind of electronic, synthy, but also rock sort of sound. Was that something that, that inspired you and was like a conscious thought of when you were sort of making music yourself that you wanted to to make that kind of, you know, uh, that that sort of collaboration of between the rock and the sort of the more synthy stuff? Yeah, I mean, the, the album that really changed everything for me was Black Celebration. So when uh, I remember a, a friend of mine, because I was still really into rock at the time i was you know iron maiden judas priest mm. you know acdc motley Crue, metallica i was just really you know i was that was where my head was in that in that you know genre and i knew of band you know uh, depeche mode had people are people and you know there was you know new order out there and but i just it was just kind of like i didn't you know i appreciated it as as songs you know i could appreciate the songs but it wasn't something i gravitated towards for whatever reason but i remember sitting in the back of the you know of, of english class or whatever and my my friend jason says you got to hear this and he goes i go what is it? he said you know just listen to it just don't i'm not going to tell you who it is just listen to it and i put it on it was like boom 
dun 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 boom. Like, let's have a black celebration. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> this is this is cinematic and it's dark and it's gloomy and it's fucking heavy and it's like you know it's melodic and it just had all these elements that I I just I I I was like I my the genre barrier that was gone it mm. evaporated I was like that yeah. night I went and got the the album came home and listened to it like you know five times and just you know and and just absorbed myself in this this sound that that you know like I said it, big drums cinematic it was dark it was heavy it was gloomy it was you know it it was emotive and so. I, but I still, I, I'd sit in my living room and air drum to, you know, um, to Depeche Mode and then drop the needle on a Metallica or, you know, crew track and, and do the same. So I just, it was, and then I just, that started to open my ears open to a whole different thing. And, and, you know, that from that point on, I just, I, all the barriers were down as far as, you know, being genre specific or being loyal to any particular sound. I'm seeing them tomorrow night. Yeah, in San Diego. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so I'm 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 super stoked for that. They don't come to Australia that often. I don't think they've been here since since I've been living here, and I, I miss them. But yeah, hopefully it won't be too long. I think Perth gets overlooked a, a fair bit for the bigger sort of tours because we're so far away from the, from the rest of Australia. We're actually closer to Jakarta in Indonesia than we are to to like Adelaide and Sydney here in Perth. We're sort of, you know, stuck out here on our own. So when tours come, it's quite it's quite frustrating sometimes to see the tour dates and it goes Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and that's it. And we go, oh no. It's like it's one of the things I, I sort of dislike most about living in, in Perth. But Pesh Mode, I think, are one of those. If if they did that, I would I would be getting on a plane. And flying to Sydney or Melbourne or or Adelaide to to see them because yeah it's been too long I think yeah uh, for I'm, sure I, I'm just I can't believe they they haven't they they've got to go back this they've got to go down there this year I would I would I would think yeah so. I, I would think so we've got like a lot in Perth it's got a lot better and I think promoters as particularly like Metropolis uh, since I've been working with them they've 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 really upped their game and they've been a lot more proactive about bringing tours to Australia and. I think post COVID as well, there was a lot postponed, and they're all starting to come to come back now and get rescheduled. And we've got a sort of almost well, not new venue, but there's a new stadium that's only a couple of three years old, maybe. That's the sort of sixty thousand capacity, and there's a a fairly new indoor venue as well, the RAC Arena that holds about ten thousand. I think that's only seven or eight years old. So yeah, we've got a lot more infrastructure now, and there's a lot more sort of it's a lot more appealing, I think, for bands um to come here uh, and and tour so yeah fingers crossed yeah dave and, and depeche mode if, if you're watching yeah get yourselves down here yeah, I can't wait get, to see you. yeah get your ass <laughs> down to australia yeah <laughs> okay track five scott we've all done it when we're making up a, a tape for for someone we're trying to let them know that we're sort of romantically interested in them and trying to woo someone with with a mixtape so what would be a track you would put on there to let the listener know that, that you're romantically keen mate <laughs> well, I, I'm only speaking from experience here because I've recently done a set and 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 played this for my my new girlfriend. It's a it's a it's a track. I think it's a few years old actually, but it's called it's from this band called The Magician, and it's it's a track. It's called Shy, featuring Brayton Bowman, and it's just you know it's a it's a pretty poppy EDM electronic uh, track that that's 
uh, really, really well produced and, and a great vocal. And it's not too, it's not too lovey-dovey, but it gets the point across. Uh, yeah, that's the way. No nonsense. I think from, from, from my experience of asking this question, I saw, I do analyze the choices quite a lot and the choices that, that the male guests that I have make versus the choices that the female guests that I have make in that, in that song choice, you can really see like there's a, there's a sort of a, a real marked line between the women and the men and the, and the sort of songs that they pick for that. The men's ones like yours, it tends to be like a lot more sort of like to the point and, you know, upfront and, you know, wherever, whereas the women's choices it can be a lot more sort of abstract and yeah, sort of a little bit more, what's the word? Sort of not vague, but you know, a little bit more sort of make you think about it a little bit more rather than, you know, yeah. But then saying that I had, Danita Sparks from L7 was was on the show last week, and she picked "Shoop" by Salt and Pepper as a as a, <laughs> a as a as a as a song to let the listener know, which was an amazing choice. I wasn't expecting that at all, and yeah, she picked an ABBA track as well as a song she sings in the shower. Yeah, I was I was not expecting that. Like that's one of the things I love about doing this. You sort of find out what people's sort of influences are, and outside of their own sort of genre. Yeah, she was she was a fantastic guest. That was that was a really good one. I really enjoyed that chat. Okay, and finally, Scott, track six of your mixtape. When I make one up, I always like to throw one on that's something a bit left field, a little bit out there, maybe an album track or B side or or something that's a little bit obscure, mate. So, what did you pick for that? Well, I. I went with a, a track that it could have fit into a couple of other these other questions, and it's it's from one of my favorite bands. Really incredible to see them live. I'm, I'm not sure how many times they've made it down to Australia, but the band Arcade Fire, and uh, it's the sort of the, the 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 I don't know if it's the yeah title track. I don't think it was released as a single, so I'm going to call it a, an album track called Age of Anx- and Age of Anxiety, and it's just a really well produced beautiful track that's that kind of for me going through uh, a breakup in my you know my marriage over the last 24 months has this you know sort of this has made a connection and it's a really mm-hmm. cool track it's, it's it's quintessential arcade fire it breaks off in the middle and does this great build out so yeah one of my favorite bands of 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 the last 15 20 years definitely one of these bands when you see them live you just really appreciate their their musicianship and their you know camaraderie and their their you know ability to continue to to stay relevant and and make music that's you know that you know people enjoy and and people sing along to so that's definitely one of the first thing i thought of if i I'm not going to lie to you. I got this this request earlier today, so I, I if I, next time we do this, I, I'm going to go a little. I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to bust out my own version of ABBA for sure. But 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 yeah, this the track "Age of Anxiety" is is definitely one that that I've I've listened to quite a lot, and and I appreciate with you know as as one of those songs that I that I just you know not a not a not a single, but something that's really a, a fine fine song. Yeah, fantastic choice. I love a bit of Arcade Fire. I think that. As far as I know, they haven't been to to Australia in in the recent years. But yeah, so fingers crossed it won't be too long. But yeah, they're they're quite high on my on my list of bands to to see live. I've never seen them live, so yeah, that would be that would be a good one for sure. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the mixtape, mate, and giving me your choices. Really, really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you at Rosemount Hotel in Perth on what date was that one? The 9th of March. MetropolisTouring.com for tickets for those. Safe travels, mate, and I'll see you when you get down under. All right. Appreciate it. Looking forward to hanging out. Thanks for the tips. All right. No problem.
Cheers, mate. That was the Mixtape Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to jump up to the top of the page and smash that follow button and you'll be notified every time there's a new episode or follow me on Instagram at the Mixtape Perf. Until the next time. <laughs>